You're listening to Blackpool Church Podcast. Join us for our Sunday gatherings to make friends, explore faith and encounter God. Visit our website, blackpool.church. This is the Talk Archive. Okay, fantastic. It's so good to have a buzz in the room of people chatting to each other. That's great. Uh, If we haven't met, my name's Jono. I'm the Ordinand here at Blackpool Church, which means I'm training to be a vicar one day in the distant future. They'll trust me with a church at some point, maybe. Um, But for now, um, yeah, I'm I'm based here doing my training, and it's a real privilege um, to be able to speak to you. So we're carrying on our series as Andy said, looking through the lens of the life um, of Moses and the Israelites in this period of the book of Exodus, what can we learn about holy ground? And today we're looking at shiny faces. What a title, what a title. So we're going to do something a little bit different to what we would normally do. I've prepared something that I believe that God has asked me to prepare. It's slightly different in style to what we'd normally do. It's hopefully a little bit shorter Um, which gives us, steady, steady, um, which gives us a little bit more chance um, to pray and respond and reflect. Is that all all right? So I'm going to share this with you. I've not done the working out for you in full. So I'm leaving you with a little bit of thinking to do for yourselves. I'm hoping that's all right on a Sunday afternoon and we're not all dozing. Um, So I'm going to share with you what I feel that God has asked me to share and then we're going to spend some time reflecting and seeing how looking at the life of Moses and what's going on in his life, although it's thousands of years before us today, what can we learn about who God is and who we are in him, looking at Moses through this lens? So if you're following along in the Bible, which I always encourage you to do, just then you know that the preacher isn't talking complete garbage, do turn with me to Exodus 34, And we're going to read from verse 29. I think that's on the screen, yeah. Exodus 34, starting at verse 29. When Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he'd spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant And they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near to him and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And then when he came out, he told the Israelites what had been commanded. They saw that his face was radiant. And Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went to speak with the Lord. The the thin place, the mountaintop, the place where heaven and earth come close. A place in the midst of the desert and the chaos where God's presence is so close and so powerful 
Simply being in his presence changes the way that we look. I wonder, do you have that space with God? Have you ever in the past had that space with God? See, since first encountering God, Moses and God had spoken many times before. God spoke at the burning bush. Moses took off his sandals and fell on his knees in awe and wonder at what he was seeing and hearing. God spoke throughout the negotiations with Pharaoh of Egypt to release the people of Israel from slavery. God spoke when the Israelites were being chased out of Egypt and God parted the sea for them to make their escape. But there was always a slight distance. Like friends calling to each other across the street. It was never intimate. God also provided. God had provided time and time again for the needs of his people. He sent the manna to eat, food, provision in the desert where otherwise they would have starved. And yet there was still this distance between God and his people. You see, God longed for his people to know his presence. He commanded Moses to build a tabernacle and this tent, a holy place, a space where his presence would concentrate And this became a place where Moses and God could meet and speak face to face. We see that God called Moses up the mountain and God was furious with his people. But yet he allowed Moses to speak on their behalf and plead for forgiveness and God listened to him. And here we see God chose to call Moses up the mountain again, Mount Sinai, to enter into this thin place, this space with no distraction, the space where heaven and earth came close enough that Moses and God met face to face like long lost friends. This place where God had revealed his longing not just to be in authority over but to be close to his people once more. This space where he revealed to Moses the Ten Commandments that would draw close those who follow them to him. A place where Moses was confident to say to God, will you show me your glory? And God did just that. You see, when Moses comes down this mountain out of the fog and the people went eagerly to await his return, they see something different. He's glowing. He's radiant. He's different to how he was before. You see, by this point in his life, Moses is an old man and he spent his life fasting and living in a desert on the run it's a sacrificial life he's probably not in great physical health but yet God still chose to make his face shine 
Did you know there's only one other account in the Bible that uses this same word for radiance and shining about a person? And that's about Stephen in the New Testament. See, not long after Jesus ascended back to heaven after his resurrection, Stephen was one of the earliest Christians that was preaching and teaching. And the same hatred that Jesus himself faced and led to his crucifixion was still very much present. See, Stephen was brought before the courts to give an account for what he was doing. And he started to preach. And this absolutely infuriated the religious leaders. See, they thought by crucifying Jesus, they could silence his church. And they sentenced Stephen to be stoned to death. Yet Stephen's last words, get this, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Much like Jesus' final words on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. You see, Stephen through his whole life and in this horrific end moment for him, still pleaded for the forgiveness of the people that had done it to him. So I wonder what Stephen and Moses had in common. Why is it that these two people were the only two described this way in Scripture? You see, both Stephen and Moses were truly meek and humble. Neither ever made a show of their own ministry or about themselves. They were prepared to lay everything down to follow the call God had placed on them. You see, I wonder sometimes, Lord, why don't you make my face shine like that? Why is this reserved for Moses and Stephen? And I think, honestly, it's probably because it would make me arrogant. It would make me think it becomes all about me. And actually, when I walk into the room, the room lights up because somehow I'm in it. See, and I think that Moses and Stephen were able to empty so much of themselves out that there was nothing blocking the light of Christ shining out from them. And sometimes I think, you know, there's so much that I still put in the way, so many barriers that I put up, um, so much mess that's still in my life that somehow that clouds what God's trying to radiate out of me. And what God wants to do is to take that and wipe it and say, no, you can shine as well. You can shine as well. Now, I may not have a face that glows, but I know something that's undeniably true for both you and me. That when we spend time in the presence of God, when we find our thin place, our holy space, that place where heaven and earth come close, that something changes within us. As it says on the Alpha course video series for those that have done it, what the Holy Spirit touches, the Holy Spirit changes. There have been a few times in my Christian life where I've met a total stranger and I've just had this sense that they're a Christian. And I remember when this first started happening, I'd always be a bit weird about asking someone. This is literally like in the supermarket or something. Like, are you, are you a Christian? And every single time I have asked someone, it's turned out that they are. I don't know why that is, but I do think there's a sense in which when we have the Holy Spirit alive and working within us, 
even if our face doesn't radiate and shine like a light bulb, there's something about the presence of God that changes us and changes the places where we interact. You see, as we encounter God, he shapes us and makes us more like him. And it doesn't mean that our circumstances become perfect. And actually, sometimes they get worse, as we saw with Stephen. But as he shapes us to be more like him, he reveals more to us about himself and about his plans and purposes for us. You see, it seems ridiculous that Moses, who was starving and lost in the desert for so many years, or Stephen, at the point of being stoned for his faith, could possibly take joy in their circumstances. Yet they chose to take joy of faith in spite of their circumstances. You see, the worship that we do here on a Sunday or a Monday evening, if you come to Kingdom Come, And what we're sent out to go and do and live isn't reliant on us at all. You see, it's a myth that we only come to church when we have everything together and are in a good place. It's a myth that worship is better or more fulfilling if it sounds good or there's lots of people here. You see, worship is a formational gift that God gives to his church. By that I mean, worship is designed to make us more like Jesus. That the more we worship him, the more we open ourselves up to him, the more he makes us shine like him. And by worshipping him and allowing him into the deepest parts of us, he plants his light in us so deeply that it can't help but begin to shine out into every part of our life. See, Jesus talks a lot about light and darkness. He's the light of the world and he longs for his light to shine in us and through us. So let's return to this place where we began, this idea of a thin place, a space where heaven and earth come close and we see and meet God personally. I wonder... Wherever you're at with God, whether you feel like you're in a really good place with God or whether you've just wandered into church for the first time and you're thinking, what on earth is going on? I wonder, would you like that? Would you like that space like Moses had where you can shut off all the distractions, all the anxiety, all the worry, all the panic about the future and regret about the past and enter into this mountaintop moment with God where it's just you and him? And you can meet with him face to face. Because you know that's possible. And actually God longs for those encounters not just to be a one-off thing that are easily forgotten about, but that they're an encounter that changes and shapes you forever. That can however faintly allow your face to shine like it never has before. In a way that means when you see and meet people living in despair and hopelessness, you can point towards an encounter that you've had with the living God that's changed you and can change them as well. And do you know what? I believe that God wants to create a space for that encounter today. Here in this place, 
in this moment, this can become our thin place. You know, we believe that the Holy Spirit has been here in this place long before we ever were. And will continue to be long after we go home today. But in a moment, I'm just going to pray a really simple prayer that doesn't welcome him in as if he's not already here, but welcomes him as in it turns our attention towards him. It's our way of cutting off distraction from elsewhere and saying, actually, Holy Spirit, we want to meet with you. So I want to invite you, if you would, would you stand to your feet with me? The band are going to come forward and in a moment they're going to lead us uh, in, a, in a song. And I just want to encourage you, like, this isn't necessarily a place where when the music starts we kind of forget and lose the moment that we're in and we get jolted into another part of the service, actually. If you don't want to sing as they sing, that's fine. If God's meeting with you and you just need to sit or kneel or stand in that space, then please just use this time for your own. I'm just going to pray and we're just going to allow God some space just where you are. If you long for that place, if you long to be in that, that moment where heaven and earth come close and distractions are put to one side and it's just you and God, then let's allow that to happen. So Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence here. You are welcome here. And we pray, would you meet with us? Would you draw close to us? Would you reveal new things about yourself and about us that we need?